Hey everyone, Mike here. Welcome to the LaxRecords.com podcast, episode 26. Um, today we're doing a little bit of a bonus podcast. As you probably noticed, this is being released on a Thursday and I usually do every Sunday. But I have a special episode scheduled for Sunday and I had interviewed Matt Noonan of NoontimeSports.com earlier last week and I wanted to make sure I got this out because we're going to talk a little bit about Massachusetts High School Lacks. Um, this week we're just talking about a little bit of the, the Berkshires area of, of Massachusetts, uh, the area Matt is very familiar with. We also touched a little bit on his Varian brothers and kind of teams that may be getting hot at the right time of year. So this is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast. I'm calling this episode 26 a little bit of a, a bonus podcast. So we're going to get right into the show with Matt Noonan of Noontime Sports. Enjoy. With uh, Matt Noonan of uh, NoontimeSports.com. Matt, welcome to, to the podcast. I know I, I was on yours, so this is kind of returning the favor and bringing you on to talk a little bit of uh, Mass High School Lacks today. So thanks for being on. Hey, thanks again, Mike. Always, uh, always appreciated, and a uh, big fan of what you're doing with uh, with Lax Records. So happy to happy to join you. All right, so let's just jump right into it. You know, Massachusetts, you guys are a few weeks in. Um, I know the season goes by quick. I mean, we're already in May, so I mean, I guess you guys have like what six weeks left in the season. So there's still a little bit of time left <laughs> before it wraps up. No, but, there is. You know what? What there are, is indeed. What are some of the, I guess, storylines or teams that have kind of struck your attention so far? in the early part of the year? Sure. Well, I, I think I'd be remiss if, or remorse if I didn't begin with speaking about, I think, what, you know, Angel Valley, uh, Angel Valley has done it with, with Wayfield. And I apologize if I mispronounce his name because I'm totally known for butchering uh, names. But, you know, you look at what, you know, Austin Collard did on Tuesday of this week with, you know, a big six-goal effort uh, in his team's 10th win of the season. And, you know, the Warriors, I think, have been a really, really tough team and have been a really good team. And I think they may have solidified their top spot probably in the, in the MIA tournament, which will be coming up. Uh, we'll know more about in the next couple of weeks, with, as you just alluded to, with it being kind of a crazy, uh, really quick, intense, uh, condensed spring. You know, the thing with Wakefield, though, too, so, you know, if they're 10 and 0, and, but I, I still think that, you know, even if you're 10 and 0, because there's still a good, you know, good chuck a handful of teams that are 10 and 0 at the moment, um, or at least maybe have nine or eight wins or seven wins, and it's certainly trending in that direction. I mean, I, I look at for them. You know, you got a game coming up on May 18th against Beverly. That, that's always a team uh, here in the Northeast Conference that's always worth you kind of keep an eye on. And then, you know, I, I know they've been down this year, but um, and I, I know they struggled a little bit. I think in the, the you know the uh, the, the Creators Cup, but um, you look at like Lexington. I know they're three and seven, and Newburyport has been kind of a you know I know they've been tweeting a lot at me about just kind of their games too. They're seven and three at the moment, so they'll definitely be one of the teams to keep an eye on here too. Also, you know, sticking with the North Shore theme, I, I'd be how can you not look at Andover and, and of course, Lincoln Sudbury, I think has also been one of the teams that's been coming up on, you know, this weekend, uh, you know, Lincoln Sudbury is playing Longmeadow, which as we both know is a huge, huge big game. And that's always one. And long, you know, Longmeadow right now, of course, being, you know, one of the teams that is always a squad you got to look for, especially in the, in the West. And one of the cool things that, you know, I, I came across earlier this week was just how, uh, you know, Chris Campbell was recently named, uh, you know, U.S. Lacrosse Magazine Player of the Week for the, the offensive effort that he had. And so, you know, definitely Long Meadow, too. And I think, you know, obviously, I think uh, right now, is this is this is that point of the season, as we both know, where people are going to, you know, teams are going to start turning it on and really start really, you know, differentiating themselves, too. I mean, you know, Walpole was a team that came out really strong in the beginning. I know it stumbled recently, but I like Walpole kind of going down the stretch. I think even though Needham is, of course, a team to look at, too. Um, you know, one of the teams that I always enjoy watching is you know, following, uh, I know you had uh, highlighted uh, Coach Gardner's 
you know, two winners won a few weeks ago, Severian, you know, a couple of big wins recently, including the CM, you know, they've got St. John's prep coming up here on a Thursday of this week. Uh, BC high is coming up on the, the 11th and then, you know, games against Foxborough and Bill Ricca. And, you know, Foxborough is one of those teams that I've, I've seen a couple of the past couple of years with coach noon and, you know, they're nine and two at the moment. They came up short in the Shatter Cup uh, a couple of weeks ago over the April vacation for this one of schools around April break. And, you know, they've been, they've been a really interesting story to watch as well. And I just think that, you know, Foxborough over the years has certainly always wanted to take that next step and be competitive. Um, and I, again, I think some other teams to look for is definitely Reading and I think Needham. Uh, I think in the Worcester area here too, I think Hopedale and Grafton. And then, you know, when I look out West, you know, as we mentioned Longmeadow, but one of the teams that I don't want to overlook is uh, Mount Greylock. And, you know, I think Mount Greylock's a school that more, we can go in a little bit more here, uh, you know, Mike, but, you know, they're 10-0 at the moment and, you know, some uh, big games, you know, they had some big efforts the other day on Tuesday, where were from Riley Parker and uh, Pat Story and uh, Owen uh, Politis. So, you know, they, and I know they beat up Pittsfield pretty well, but they're, you know, they had a big win over Wakona a couple of weeks ago, and I think that's always the game that a lot of the Berkshire sports writers really say that's that's really a good measuring stick. But Mount Greylock has just become the team to beat, really, in uh, in Berkshire County. Yeah, and they've had obviously with uh, uh, and I'm, I'm I can't believe I'm blanking on his name again, uh, McCormick. Uh, you know, he was obviously one of the sure was like the big name a few years ago because he had ended up his career with over 600 points. But like you mentioned, Riley Parker and Pat Story this season. You know, they've been on the uh, the Stylax stat leaders a couple times already this year with at least, you know, at least seven goals or 10 points or something like that. So, you know, obviously they're, they're just, they have good kids out there and obviously a good program that just keeps, you know, just keeps winning. Uh, <laughs> to, to... No, they do, they do. And I, and, you know, I, I can just quickly speak on behalf of like, you know, from having families in the Berkshire County, you know, I, Berkshire, they're obviously really well known for baseball up there too, but I think, you know, lacrosse, when I've been out there, and you know, I keep in touch with a lot of the guys at the Berkshire Eagle, or um, you know, the Barrington Record, or you know, the Great Barrington Record, and I think that you're definitely seeing the rise of lacrosse in the Berkshire County. And you know, I think from out there a lot too, because you know, they've taken steps where you know, under Jeff, you know, where they've been able to take that, like you know, getting closer, getting closer. And you know, one of the games that I just wanted to highlight for you know, for your listeners and for your fans, because I know they made sure to tweet at you guys, you know, last record. Is the Pope Francis game? And I you know I know right now that you know Coach uh, you know Coach Jean is or Jen excuse me is you know he's got a squad right now with the Cardinals that are five and five. But you know I think they're a team. I know Matt Live has got them in their top ten recently. That certainly you can't overlook. And I think that could be a really good you know good test for a Mount Greylock squad where you know you get to play against a Pope Francis squad. And I think that's the thing with Mount Greylock that I really you know I know if you look at it, I mean they're going to have to play. Uh, the teams that they're going to have to, you know, in the Berkshire County. I mean, Northampton's coming up. That could be a really good measuring test coming up on the 10th of May. Um, and I, I look at also down the swimming again, Pope Francis is another one too. You know, the, the win over Pittsfield, the generals have struggled, are kind of struggling too. But again, that win earlier this season where they won 14 to seven over Wakona, you know, Wakona is probably the second best team in that, in that particular region or in that particular area. So, yeah, I, I just think that you look at the way that that, team, that program is built and just what Jeff has done, and they're 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 definitely getting there. And I, I think it's it's you know it's, it's going. To, I don't know if it'll be this year, but I think Mount Greylock will be a school that will be able to eventually contend with like the Graftons and the Hopedales and the Littletons and all those schools. And uh, they they'll get there. But I still think the East is so dominant between Dover, Sherborne, and Kilhaspet and some of the other, like, you know, D3 schools that they would go up against, um, definitely if they were to meet deeper in the playoffs. 
Yeah, and I can't let you mention Pope Francis without mentioning uh, their, their stud player the last few years, uh, Cam Peretz. I mean, he, he already had over 400 career points heading into this year. So he's one of those guys, like, I, I think, you know, barring injury, he'll definitely get to, to 500. He, he, barring, and if not one of the best seasons in history, like, he won't get to six, but, you know. Right. He's had a phenomenal career, and that's one of those guys I'm like, I'd, I'd love to see him play and, um, you know, kind of see them go up against. But, you know, he's just been one of those guys. He's been very consistent. And, obviously, he's going to Wesleyan for hockey. So, I think he won the Mass Logs. Like, I think he won, like, Western Massachusetts, like, Hockey Player of the Year. So, you know, he might not be have a future in lacrosse uh, beyond this year, but, you know, he's making the most. <laughs> <for it. laughs> no, he is. He is too, and you know, going back to the Berkshires again with the Western side, like with what with Lacona, you know, Dirk Jaggi, you know, again, has been another player too, and like Shaikler. I know I'm pretty mispronouncing names, so I do apologize to Wyatt and that Dart. Uh, but I, I think that those are other guys too that you look out in that particular area. But I think, as we both know from the high school sports beat, that you do see a lot of the young, you know, a lot of you know, boys and girls that are playing lacrosse that might be playing hockey during the winter season because the skill set is so translatable. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, I want to go back to something you said earlier because uh, you mentioned uh, Zverian brothers, and I think you'd, you'd mentioned before we got on that you'd seen Lincoln Sunbury and Zverian play, and, you know, that was obviously Lincoln Sunbury, um, you know, I, I helped manage the rankings for 3D uh, Rising for their state rankings, and Lincoln is, uh, it, you know, gets voted by coaches in number one team and obviously well well earned, um, but, you know, I think they, you know, Zverian was pretty high early in the year, but they struggled a little bit, like, you know, I think Coach Gardner, it took him a couple games to get that 200th win. I think he needed one coming into this year. But like you mentioned, like I think they're starting to get hot, and that's always interesting. Um, I think I read on bostonlax.com um, that you know they, they had a few injuries, uh, and maybe they're recovering from that. So why don't you talk a little bit about that game and what you've seen, what you thought. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, they were with Lincoln Sudbury that entire game, too. I mean, Lincoln Sudbury is, is going to be the team that everyone in D1 is going to be gunning for. And Coach Vaughn knows that because that's just the program that they have. I mean, you know, when I had the fortune of writing for Boston Lax or some of the other outlets, when I saw them, like, you know, playing against a Bill Ricca or just, you know, some other, you know, or I actually think a couple of years ago, if I recall, they faced Severian in the D1 championship at Harvard. And that was a game that Severian was able to win here, too. But, you know, that, that's just the thing about Severian athletics in general that I've always enjoyed. I mean, I grew up in Westwood, so I went to Westwood High School, but I knew about Severian, especially for their, their well, you know, well-known football program. But their, their boys lacrosse program is certainly well-known. And, you know, Coach Gardner has done a tremendous job with with the team with some of the, the bumps and bruises that they've come across here, too, that they've had to deal with, too. And it, it's kind of... You know, it's that Belichickian style of next man up. And I think that game against Lincoln Sudbury certainly proved. I mean, they lost, if I recall, about 9-5. to five. And, I mean, that game probably, the 9-5, to five, sure, you had four goals. But it was really a game that probably could have been a one-goal differential because I think that the variant certainly was in that type of game. And, you know, they're going to be definitely a, a team to watch down the stretch. I think the BC high game is going to be a really big, really big measuring stick. So uh, beating – Beating Catholic Memorial, who's had another, who's had a really good year again, the winner of the, the Chowder Cup this past year, or this a couple of weeks ago, uh, beating uh, Foxborough. Chowder Cup just has been, you know, always always a good kind of tournament to watch here. So I, I just think that you're right. I, they're that type of team that you know they, they might start slow, but when they get going, they're going to just they're they're tough. They're a tough out is what they are, and they're they're one of those teams over the past couple of years that I've seen where they've had players just kind of step up and when they get into the MIA tournament it, it just doesn't matter I mean they can have you know one player go off on three goals or, one, or five goals or they have you know it's well across the board and 
I, I just always, you know, whenever Severian gets into a, tur- a tournament, they're, they're just a team that just can't, can't overlook. I just think that what Coach Gardner has built there with that program, there's, you're right, you hit the nail on the head. They're going to get, they're going to get hot at the right time. And, you know, I think it'd be fun and natural to see them play Lincoln February again. I think that could be another really close contest. Yeah. And I couldn't help but laugh because I'm just imagining it, you know, everybody outside New England cringing when you mentioned the uh, Belichickian <laughs> quote. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, I mean, it's probably the wrong, I mean, I, I'm not trying to insult that anyone. I mean, say, hey, like, you know, but I, I think that's just kind of, you know, I, when I've seen his team's plays over the players, you know, team play over the years, whether it's a regular season game or a tournament game, probably a little bit more in the tournament. I'm just always amazed at just you know the 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 way they move the ball, the way they're able to locate the open shooter, the way they're able to force turnovers, and the way that their defense kind of will generate will get you know get the offense jump started if they need you know a little you know boost or a little jump. And that's again, I mean, I it's not I'm not trying to pump the tires on them, but I I've always enjoyed watching them, and I just yeah. think that you know they <laughs> they're a good program and they're one of those teams that I just don't think any team wants to see put uh put on the you know, when they get in there because they're just going to be a tough out. Yeah, and I mean, I think you're, you're right. It's one of those, like, when you get players go down within, I mean, you spend the off season and the early part of the year and, you know, those first few practices, you know, you, you, you have your game plan, you have it set, and, you know, sometimes it's built around one or two players. Like, these are, you know, these are our best guys, and if those guys go down, you kind of got to throw it out the window and be like, all right, you know, like you said, who's next up? And you got to restructure, and, you know, maybe it's maybe it's not one guy. Maybe you have to center the off, you know, center the – the game plan around, you know, four or five guys and, you know, rotate guys in and out. So, you know, and sometimes that takes time to, you know, come, you know, actually take effect on the field. Sure. Some of those early games, but like you said, like come late in the year, come playoff time, that stuff has been worked out. And, you know, and then if you get, you know, those guys get experience and if your stud players come back, then, well, there's a lot of teams that might be in trouble at that point in the year. So, no. <laughs> It's exactly, the, exactly. You know, and I don't think, you know, I, I honestly, I think Belichick's probably the per- perfect example considering what New England's been able to put together for the NFL is that, you know, you, it's a lot of high school coaching in my experience. You know, I've covered high school sports for, oh, geez, I think over oh, oh, a decade. It's, <laughs> don't date don't, don't yourself here too much. I feel that. <laughs> it's been over a decade. Um, so, you know, it, it, coaching matters. Coaching is the biggest part of high school sports. Like talent comes and goes, but through almost every sport I've ever covered, the same programs win year in, year out. And, you know, it's next man up. Guys graduate, you know, do you have different levels of talent every year? So, I mean, you get a great coaching staff. And, I mean, you, you can just pencil. I mean, you know, you mentioned Lincoln Sudbury and Vaughn. And, like, they're going to win year in, year out. Like, they might not win a state championship every year, but they are going to be a team that is going to have to be contended with year in, year out. You just, it's just the nature of high school sports, which is kind of fun because you can kind of count on those teams, but then you get to see like, you know, like Darian out of Connecticut this year, you get to see Mike, they got over a four streak. Like how far can they take this? How really good are they? And obviously that's consistency over the years. And it it becomes fun because you get to, you get to see those kind of ups and downs, but you know, like, Oh, these teams, you know, you can kind of count on like the Medfields and Lincoln Sudbury is varying like, they're going to be somewhere in the mix. You can kind of count on that. You just don't know. Well, I think the, you're right. Because, I mean, look, you know, using, you know, just because of uh, obviously having connections now with, with Connecticut, I think from my end here, I mean, how about a team last year of Daniel Hands that was a Connecticut squad that made it to the championship? I know they came up against the new Canaan, new Canaan team and lost 13-2. to But, you know, you're right. I mean, I, I think that's – you bring up an interesting point because – 
you know, obviously a lot of like, you know, through our blog, obviously Newtown, trying to add on a little more of high school coverage, trying to find some good features and some good stories. It, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's, it is the usual suspects. I, mean, I grew up in Westwood and I was there at the beginning of, you know, my sister was three years above me and I was there at the beginning of Kristen Shellman when uh, Coach Frank began the, the, the Westwood dominance. And I had a chance to see a couple of years ago when Notre Dame Academy was coached by her daughter, Meredith came up and beat them in the South sectional finals in route to winning their championship for Notre Dame Academy. And you're absolutely right. It is usually the good, you know, the usual suspects. And I think a lot of times when I was in college, if you heard someone from Duxbury or Needham or a Wellesley or, you know, went to Lincoln Sudbury, sure. The, the initial uh, reaction is, Oh, that's a great high school program. And they are, they are very all good high school programs, but I think that we both have seen, not just here in New England, but also throughout the country, the rise of the sport of lacrosse and how it's become such a bigger, bigger, bigger draw to a lot of different, you know, young men, you know, young men and young women that want to pick up a stick, maybe put down the the, the softball glove or bat or the baseball bat, and, and do that. And you're seeing more towns, more local, small cities do, you know, picking that up. I mean, I thought it was really cool they had the Beantown shootout a couple of weeks ago, you know, with Boston Latin and just, you know, being able to, to follow along with that on Twitter. So, right, to go into your point, and I, I know I just think your hand is just an, as an example, but I, I think that that's definitely, it, it, it is exciting. And, you know, when I wrote for the New England Lacrosse Journal a couple of years ago, I had to kind of keep an eye on all these different, you know, all the six states, including Massachusetts, but the other five. And it was a really good way to be kind of, when you're right, when you think about Connecticut, you think about the New Canaan's and you know, all, all of them, but it's nice to see towns, and especially I think here in Massachusetts where you look at Worcester, well, Worcester County has become just, you know, it's, it's definitely grown big time for its sport of lacrosse. So it, it's it's great to see these other teams start being more competitive and certainly being able to play with some of the teams that were the best teams in the state over a, for over a decade or have been able to continue the dominance. And again, it alludes to, you know, really, you know going back to the, what you were alluding to about the next man up, because you're right. I mean, high school sports, you're recycling. So, yep. you know, you have, you know, boys and girls that are going to go off to play college or going to go to a prep school year or whatnot. So that, you know, the kids that are on the JV or maybe the second or third on the depth chart, well, now this is their time to shine too. So it is, it's an exciting time, I think, for the sport, because I think that you're right. If we look at, especially from our coverage, where we've been able to be fortunate to be at games and talk to coaches and talk to administrators or athletic directors or whoever, you know, over the past couple of years, it is exciting to see the sport grow and see a lot of towns and a lot of teams become extremely more competitive. And that's what makes it enjoyable. I think that's the thing that, you know, I always say, whether it's, you know, high school or, or college, if you're in the tournament, you're in the tournament, you earn a spot in there. And it's a total new season because, you know, I, I use an example of, you know, this is a total non-lacrosse example, but if you look at like the D3 basketball tournament this past year for NCAA D3, at D3, UMass Dartmouth makes it the first ever Elite Eight. And that was a really great story with what they were able to put together. And that's a great example of what we can probably be expecting where there will be those towns and those teams that are going to get into the MIA tournament in a couple of weeks and will, you know, whether it's Mount Greylock or whoever, but can certainly go, can certainly go the distance or go a couple rounds and then they'll be able to build off that going into next season. Yeah. And I, you know, I can even bring it back to a, a lacrosse example. The, the, I, there's, there's no way to win this. The other MIAA or the original MIAA, depending on right, right, the, the Maryland one. <laughs> you, you, you can take that <laughs> however you want, but you know, it was, uh, I think like three or four years ago, Loyola Blakefield kind of honestly backed their way into the their tournament. I think they got in as like maybe the I think it was the last seed. They did not finish the regular season well, but they got hot um in the in the playoffs 
And Boys Latin was rolling. They were undefeated. I think they went in that championship game 19-0. It was Shaq Stanwick's junior year. I mean, they had they had tons of players. And, I mean, they were honestly taken for granted that they were going to win it all and they were going to go undefeated. And they were going to win back-to-back titles because everybody was a junior on that team. And they went in the halftime with, I think, a two-goal lead. Um, I'm sure someone will correct me when I'm, if I'm wrong. But <laughs> Loyola Blakefield ended up coming back in the second half and, and won that game. And, you know, it, it was one of those, like, no one picked that. No one ever picks that. Um, you know, it's one sure. of those so competitive as the MIAA, both of them are. Um, you know, it's one of those, like, hot at the right time. You know, you give them good coaching and the right players and right time, right situation. I mean, that that's what makes it exciting. You just don't you, – you, you can't script them kind of storylines. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of fun when you see – especially stuff like that. You know, it's – because that was one of those, like, I mean – I talk with coaches and players now and people still talk to that the game. It's like the, it's like the beacon of hope for a lot of teams, you know, in, in the, uh, no, absolutely. Six seed can win, you know, it's not out of the, you know, it's no longer a myth or, you know, just something that can happen. Those teams can. So, I mean, I think, you know, it's good to have those type of years where teams can, because I think it gives players hope. Um, you know, the coaches always think that you got to have a chance to win. I think that's their job to kind of impart that, that hope onto their players. But I think, you know, when players can point to, solid examples be like this does happen it's no longer uh an anecdote and be like oh yeah i know you know you're always in it kind of thing but it's like we're like oh you know well if they did it maybe we can too it becomes a little bit more you know it's like all right we can buy into that a little bit more so no absolutely and i, I think you definitely see like i mean this week coming up i mean north is uh, is definitely been a, a, a fun team to, to follow too. I know they, due to, due to mother nature, they had to start their game, their opener, which was against initially against Kohas. They had to play a couple of days later, but you know, since falling to Catholic Memorial in that opening game back uh, last month, they've been on a roll and they've got a big, you know, big one coming up against, you know, Wellesley and, you know, Marblehead will be a game to keep it on here too. And you know I mean? You're right. I mean, going back to what we've been originally kind of harping on here with the Duxberries and the Needhams and the Lincoln Sudberries and, you know, Redding has been a great, great story over the past couple of years. You know, Bill Rick is always a team and, and over. And, but I, I think what, what, what always is enjoyable, and then you think again about the Lawn Meadows, and I, I don't want to forget about Situate and uh, Cohasset and Hingham and Falmouth that have also been some teams down in the Cape area too. And I, I think that's the other great part too. I mean, I know, you know, I might be partial to the Berkshire County just from having family from coming up from, from out there, but from my end, definitely, it's great to see Worcester just from doing work out in the Worcester area, whether it was more with the colleges, but seeing them and just being able to see like a Nipmuc Regional or see a Grafton continue to, to grow in St. Bernard, Fitchburg, or Blackstone Valley. Um, you know, Ron Dunstable is another team that's also, I've had a chance to see, you know, they come up short in like a semifinal of the, the state where Dover Sherborne has beaten them. So, you know, and, you know, Littleton has been another great story too. I mean, talk about a school, you know, you know, the past year that really took a good step forward too. So, you know, I know I'm probably harping, and I may have missed some teams. I mean, North Reading's another team that has also been on a tear this year. It's which uh, Hamilton Wenham too. I mean, the Hamilton Wenham story. Wow, I mean, that, that's just, I mean, that, that's a cool, um, you know, little t- you know tidbit here too. Where I just want to quickly throw out, you know, Andrew uh, Rick, uh, Riccio, uh, who's a junior for uh, the Generals. Uh, became the all-time leading scorer for the Generals the other day when uh, his team won um, over Tingsboro. Uh, you know, he's, now he's got 68 goals, 107 assists, so that's good for 175 career points. And mind you, he's got a couple more games left of the regular season, plus probably some tournament games next year, so he'll certainly be a player to keep an eye on here for too. But I think all in all, though, here, I mean, Mike, I think that what's made the lacrosse beat especially or, or just fun to follow, whether you're a fan or 
uh, you know, a diehard lacrosse, you know, person or whatever, I, I think it's great to just see that this, this sport has really taken off and it really has grown in various towns there too. And, and I think, you know, you'll see in a couple of years, you know, maybe the teams that might be on the bottom, you know, the bottom part, or maybe, you know, or maybe the, the squads that will be, you know, the, the few teams that are out or, you know, don't make the MIA tournament this year, maybe look for them in a couple of years to certainly be stepping up and being teams that we'll certainly see um, come, you know, tournament time in a couple of years too. But it's an exciting time, I think, especially as going back to the top of your podcast, top of the interview, where just you were saying, you know, this is May, this is that time where uh, going back to the Zavarian example, where you really do need to start turning it on. And they're one of the many teams that really I think will be fun to, to watch uh, along with everyone else here in the state here too. So this is definitely a fun time to, to be a high school lacrosse fan. And it's also a fun time if you're a college sports fan here too, with a lot of conference tournaments going on in the NCAA tournament set to begin. And mind you also, Hey, the, the NCAA tournament is coming back to will be played at Gillette Stadium this year. So I think that's going to be a great experience for and a great opportunity for all lacrosse fans to come out and uh, enjoy. I, I know I've been there the past couple of weeks, uh, weekends when I've had it, and it's always a great experience uh, as a fan. And, and it's, it's a great way for the lacrosse community to come together and, and celebrate the sport. All right, Matt. Well, you know, I'm sure we could sit here and talk <laughs> talk all day, and we, we have in the past. But uh, where, where can people find you as we start to wrap up? Absolutely. So they can definitely find us through uh, noontimesports.com. So we made some just really quickly. We're kind of rebranding ourselves a little bit too. So we're trying to uh, tell stories a little bit more of a unique way. And that includes some, you know, college, high school, and some other amateur stuff. A little bit of dabbling in the pros, but more college and high school and minor leagues. So that's noontimesports.com. They can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, now LinkedIn too. So if you're, uh, if you're on LinkedIn, you want to become a fan of us. Uh, we've got a LinkedIn page, got a YouTube channel. Uh, they can follow me and my personal Twitter handle at Matt Noonan 11, but uh, definitely make sure to, to stay up to date with Noontime Sports. And I also would encourage everyone to also follow if you're a Mass High School Wax fan, not only follow Boston Wax and, you know, the various, you know, you know Boston Herald High School and the various Globe schools, but definitely check out uh, Mass, uh, Mass High School Wax on Twitter too with um, a lot of good uh, updates and tweets uh, on that as well too. All right. Well, Matt, you know, I'll make sure I have links to, in, uh, to all that as well in the show notes. So thanks for making uh, time on your Wednesday afternoon <laughs> to talk with me. And I'm sure we'll talk. Anytime, Mike. Uh-huh.